And uh, today we have a very special guest. Actually, he's a father in the faith, uh, the founder and uh, senior minister of Lion of Judah in Boston, Massachusetts, truly a multicultural congregation. And um, over these past several years, I've had the honor to, and pleasure to get to know uh, Pastor Roberto and um, uh, he is like seasoned oil in the faith and a wonderful uh, spiritual father to many in, in the Boston area. And uh, he is going to bring to us uh, uh, this afternoon um, one of the most exciting subjects in, in this Reformation, which is it's the, the focus on the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to steal his thunder. At this point, I want to just introduce you. Uh, Pastor Roberto, please take it away. Um, <clears throat> yes, good afternoon. Thank you, uh, Grant. Can you hear me okay? Can hear you fine. Wonderful. I'd love to just take a moment to greet all the Hispanics who have been, uh, you know, leading this uh, last hour of prayer. What a wonderful thing to see the people of Latin America, you know, represented in this wonderful effort that is uh, 10 days of prayer. And, um, you know, the acknowledgement that the Holy Spirit is moving in extraordinary, transformative so sorts of ways all over the world. And that, that this is a calling for all the nations of the world to work together toward the revival and the, the visitation, really, that God wants to bring about uh, over all the earth. And we're excited about the plans of God and, and being able to work together as one people, each contributing our own uh, specific cultural traits and giftings uh, just for the advance of the kingdom. So. Let me just uh, delve immediately into uh, the uh, topic that you've assigned me, which is the Holy Spirit. And of course, I mean, you know, it's, it's very pretentious, almost scandalous to um, try to encompass something as complex as uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit in, you know, the 25 minutes that I've been given. So I, I do know that <clears throat> we need to be very economical. And what I've wanted to do in this case is to um, focus on a, on a very specific aspect of uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number one, I, I've been, um, you know, overwhelmed by the, the understanding, the knowledge that, uh, you know, as I speak to you about the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking to individuals that are and experienced in the ministry and the topic of the Holy Spirit. You are here right now in prayer because you know the Holy Spirit and because you hear from the Holy Spirit. So in a way, you know, it's like, uh, I, I've thought of this uh, saying, you know, what do you, what do you give the man who has everything? You know, what gift? <laughs> you guys uh, are very, very understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so I've been racking my spirit and my brain saying, okay, what can I add to this topic, to people who are very deeply involved in ministry? How can I make a difference, let's say, and uh, how can I say something that is uh, useful uh, to these individuals that are so uh, experienced in uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit. So I've decided to, <clears throat> instead of a, a very generic, uh, quote-unquote, spiritual uh, reflection on uh, the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit, to isolate a very small zone <clears throat> of um, the Holy Spirit, of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to just uh, zoom into a very uh, specific area of <clears throat> the gift and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, you know, in academia, you're often asked that when you're writing a paper or making a presentation to take a general topic and to uh, concentrate on a very, very small, minute aspect of that topic uh, in order to really get as much out of it. Understanding that there are other individuals who are doing other areas of uh, reflection on your same topic and that your task is to simply illuminate one particular aspect of that and that hopefully that small contribution that you make will help to illuminate the entire subject. And so that's what I want to do um, today, really. I, I want to speak about one particular area of uh, the gifting of the Holy Spirit and how an understanding of that particular area can help us practically in our ministries and in our own lives as people of God. You know, the, the Holy Spirit uh, can be uh, a source of many different uh, gifts and um, resources for uh, ministry life. We know that he has so many different uh, gifts and ministries for his people. So we know that the Holy Spirit can be a source of power for ministry. He can be a source of vitality and uh, resiliency in times of crisis and in times of uh, demand in, in our ministries. The Holy Spirit can be a source of authority when we minister, when we testify, when we uh, teach um, in, in, uh, in ministry. He can be a source of revelation as well. And he can illuminate us uh, at moments in a very powerful, specific sort of way. The Holy Spirit can also be a, a source of uh, victory over sin and of energy and effectiveness when we are seeking to sanctify ourselves, uh, to grow closer to the Lord and to overcome addictions and uh, bondages in our life. Finally, the Holy Spirit can also be a source of effective evangelism. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us how to be and to give us power and dunamis and, and authority uh, when we uh, minister in an evangelistic mode. So these are all different ministries of the Holy Spirit. I want to focus in the time that I have uh, in, on one particular area, and that is the Holy Spirit as a provider and a source of uh, practical wisdom, of knowledge, of uh, practical guidance, of understanding uh, for life and for ministry. I want to focus on that particular view, uh, that particular iteration, that particular expression of the Holy Spirit that deals with that zone of ministry, which is wisdom, knowledge, practical understanding that can help us to make decisions when we need to in the life of ministry. There's a few scriptures that I've tried to just quickly isolate for us to, and even if I don't achieve an entire, you know, uh, exhausting that topic, which I won't, of course, but at least you have some scriptures here that you can use as a point of departure. I'm thinking of one scripture, for example, in Acts chapter 16, verses six through 10 where the disciples are uh, prevented from going to certain places that they want to go to. It says that the Holy Spirit prevented them from going there. And finally, uh, Paul has a revelation at night, a dream, a revelation, a vision, where uh, there's this Macedonian man saying, come to, uh, come to Macedonia and help us. And, and so we see that at that moment, the apostles were given specific understanding and we don't know how uh, the Spirit prevented them from going to those places. We, we hear about the specific revelation, but probably these were moments when difficulties emerged and all kinds of things. And the Holy Spirit was using circumstances to provide knowledge and to isolate exactly where the apostles needed to go. There's another passage in Isaiah 9, 6, which we all know, where uh, uh, Jesus, uh, the Messiah, is presented as uh, his name, in his different names. And one of the names that he's given is Counselor. 
And uh, so we see this idea of the Holy Spirit as a counselor. Also in Psalms uh, 32, uh, verse 8, is a, is a passage which I, has always been, uh, had a lot of meaning for my own life. It says, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And so here we have this promise of the Holy Spirit to teach us, uh, to guide us, to counsel us when we are in different stages of ministry. I think of James chapter 1, verse 5, which is another theme of, uh, uh, in my own life and ministry when I'm in need of wisdom. It says that if any one of you lacks wisdom, ask it from God, and he will give it to you abundantly and without reproach. And I've, that has been a source of uh, encouragement for me. I also think of Daniel um, chapter 1, where uh, it says that Daniel and his companions were provided, it says, to these four young men, this is Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. I could go on and on, uh, but it's clear to me that there is a zone of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that deals specifically with knowledge, understanding, practically understanding, guidance, when we are in, in particular moments of um, ministry, we need to make great decisions. You know, the, the time that we are living in the 21st century is probably the most demanding time for the church in all of its history. We minister and move in the midst of a generation that is uh, sophisticated and knowledgeable, unlike any other generation, in human history. The complexities that the church has to uh, confront and navigate in our time are absolutely overwhelming. You know, the church uh, now needs to navigate with extreme and exquisite wisdom and knowledge, the, the, the legal areas of ministry, um, you know, the, the, the scientific understandings of sexuality and so on. We need to more than ever be aware of areas such as psychiatry and psychology, sociology, uh, the, the world of geopolitics and the international relations, um, uh, you know, the complexity of uh, managing many times our facilities and of uh, being in certain cities where we have all kinds of uh, hostile eyes on, on the church and having to walk ministry in such a, a, a nuanced uh, sort of way. Congregations that are extremely diverse and with all kinds of expectations of pastoral leadership and ministry and so on and so forth. So, you know, we, we, we minister in that world that is so complex and demanding. And more than ever, this uh, expression of the multifaceted uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is the area of wisdom and of knowledge and of understanding, of counsel, of specific directives for ministry is more important than ever. And... Uh, what I want to isolate is that just, just that very fact. I think if I achieve just the goal of making us extremely aware of the need for uh, knowledge and wisdom, and, and when we choose uh, different decisions uh, in ministry, if we are, become aware that that is a specific zone of uh, the Holy Spirit ministry that we need to isolate and focus on, I think I will have achieved my uh, major goals. I think, you know, uh, I, I, I've learned, uh, I, I've depended on, uh, on this area of ministry, wisdom and knowledge and practical understanding for, uh, throughout my entire life. Uh, I, I have, uh, for some reason, God has given me a, a specific sensitivity to this area of ministry. 
about knowledge and about uh, wisdom and practical understanding and guidance when I make uh, decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, it, it, during this time of uh, COVID-19, you know, the, the, the church has been required to, to navigate that. In my own life, I have had to ask over and over again to the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom and knowledge as to how to make uh, extraordinary decisions, such as, you know, when to reopen the church. You know, right now there's a lot of uh, differences of understanding about that. Uh, what uh, stands to take personally as a senior pastor of my congregation, when my leaders have been all over the place in terms of, you know, when we should reopen, what kinds of care we should take, uh, on and on and on, whether to reopen or not. Uh, you know, it, it's been an area of great tension for me, and I've had to learn how to navigate that area. You know, how to open, how to reopen the church in terms of the use of masks or not, and how to navigate lots of controversy about that. Um, hygiene, protocols, and so on and so forth, and how to move in a very hostile uh, part of the city, like where we are in the South End, with lots of secular, highly intellectual people watching the church to see what mistakes we make and how to manage this COVID-19 situation. I, I just recently, I had to make a decision about opening up a second service in Spanish during our first service in another part of our buildings uh, in order to, the fact that we had outgrown already within the limitations that you know, we have been given by the state, our relatively large facility where the new sanctuary is and how to open a second service um, in order to not limit the, the, the return of our people back to church. On and on and on. What I wanna say is that, um, you know, we have to make all of these decisions right now, how to minister to, um, you know, this diverse international world that you guys represent, some of the Hispanic uh, speakers that were here with us just a few minutes ago and so on. So, um, you know, we need to more than ever be aware that the Lord wants to give to us understanding on, on that area of our life. And as I say, you know, I, I speak about and I share about that because in, in my own life, I have been extremely um, uh, in need of that area of ministry. And so um, maybe we'll have time to open this up a, a lot more. But, um, you know, I want to give you about the four or five areas because I want to get into the really, really practical. How do we, how do we cultivate this area of uh, ministry? Number one, I think, uh, and this is what I want to uh, sort of uh, achieve uh, in this time that I have. We must focus specifically on this aspect of ministry of the Holy Spirit. We must become actively aware of this Holy Spirit ministry. We must uh, study its role and its appearance in the Bible so that um, as we become sensitive to that, area of ministry, um, that will serve a, a, as a kind of a stimulus for the Holy Spirit to start moving in that area of our life. I'm thinking of uh, Solomon in that famous passage in 1 Kings, where, um, you know, Solomon is about ready to begin his ministry. And uh, these, these are the words that he uh, utters uh, to the Lord. He says, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. And this is where I want to go. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So here you have Solomon being confronted with, with a very demanding ministry, being king among an extremely complex and numerous 
nation. And he, being a young man without political experience, all of a sudden finds himself requiring a specific iteration, manifestation of the Spirit of God in terms of wisdom and knowledge on how to conduct his personal ministry. And of course, the Lord was more than willing and was pleased that, that uh, Solomon would isolate that aspect of gifting and ask him for it. You know, he says, you know, the fact that you haven't asked for uh, uh, riches or power or the life of your enemies, but you have asked me specifically for wisdom and knowledge on how to govern your people. You know, and I think that there's a lesson there for uh, many of us Pentecostals that, um, you know, we are often so focused, and I'm not denying the importance of the ministry of power and of healing and supernatural uh, power of the Holy Spirit, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm an ardent seeker of uh, that explosive manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. But often I think we neglect this area of ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is a discernment of the heart of God, an understanding of where God and how, how he wants us to minister, a, a, specific, a specific endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit to navigate ministry in a way that reflects the heart of God, in a way that um, uh, really touches and, and flows in affinity with the heart of God. I think in, in a time such as the one that we are living in, where you know, there are so many alternatives and so many nuances about you know, sexuality and about uh, pastoral authority and, and about uh, you know, team leadership, and how to minister social justice, for example, right now in our time, that's a huge one. And how to discern, you know, who to vote for, for example, and, and what the different parties, you know, that are offering their wares right now and how to navigate all this. More than ever, as ministers, we, know we need to, to understand how to preach, how to teach, how to react. Right now, for example, in the light of these coming elections and, and the complexities that, uh, of the demands that we have before us, more than ever, you know, that spirit of discernment, that spirit of knowledge, wisdom of, uh, you know, uh, exploring deeply the heart of God and how he wants us to move, how to manage the demands of grace and of truth, of justice and of compassion. For example, you know, God's justice, that is, and compassion for the weak and, and for the sinning. You know, that, that's an area that uh, more than ever, like, uh, like Solomon, we need understanding of how to do that. And, and rather than just simply seek, you know, power and signs and wonders and all the, you know, savory areas of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, we need to look at that um, humble iteration of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is wisdom and gifted, because it, it will, it will um, please the heart of God when we uh, focus on that aspect of ministry. Number two, I think we must ask God specifically, and that's already suggested in the previous one, we must ask God specifically for the spirit of wisdom and counsel. Once we have identified as a specific manifestation of the Holy Spirit, we must ask specifically for that spirit of wisdom and counsel to move in our lives and ministry. It must be a, a very specific aspect of our life of prayer. It must be something that we yearn for, it must be something that we present to God with a certain kind of urgency. And, and we must uh, ask the Lord specifically as we identify and isolate because God is a God of specificity and he will answer according to what we specifically ask him for. If we concentrate on the sort of power, obvious power manifestations of the Holy Spirit, he will 
he would be happy to provide us with that. But unless we have the, uh, the supportive systemic uh, backing of uh, wisdom and knowledge, we would find ourselves misusing that spirit of power and that dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So we must ask God specifically for the spirit of wisdom and counsel. We must, uh, once we have identified, we must ask the Lord in prayer. Number three, I think that uh, we, we need to understand that uh, this is a very specific zone of uh, ministry, as I have said earlier, and, and of the spiritual life, and pursue it specifically as an anointing that we require and that God is willing to provide. Many times we see wisdom and knowledge as simply, you know, one more kind of a generic uh, um, sort of a watermark of a ministry life and of the spiritual life as a whole. But I think we need to um, understand that this is a very specific zone of ministry, that we need uh, this zone for our marriages, for the... Um, the management of our own inner uh, spiritual life and the management of our own areas of bondage and uh, of struggle, inner struggle, that uh, we need uh, to have that understanding uh, of the Holy Spirit in order to understand the specific character of our congregations and what kind of a teaching we need to provide to it in order to counteract its uh, deformations and its wrong inclinations. So that, um, you know, as we, we understand that this is a very specific zone and we ask specifically and seek uh, an, an anointing for that area, God will be willing to step in and to provide that. And it will save us a huge amount of time and a huge amount of um, wrong decisions. I, I, I've just been looking at a, um, a series in Netflix which I really encourage you to look at. It's called, uh, or, or to see, it's called Challenger. <clears throat> um, and I think it's a, the final uh, something. I'm not, I don't remember the, the, the total, the complete title of it. I put it down somewhere. Um, but anyway, it's, it, it, look for Challenger in uh, Netflix. And it's, it's about, uh, you know, the, the explosion that took place in, in, uh, in 1986, I think it was, when that uh, group of astronauts, seven astronauts, was sent uh, uh, you know, on one of the explorations of the, chal of the Challenger uh, ship. And uh, the huge devastation that, that uh, happened in the space program, the NASA space program, and seven beautiful, brilliant lives were lost. And uh, there's one episode in that series where, you know, the, the, the uh, company that was uh, responsible for providing the uh, thrust, uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, rockets that sent the Challenger off into space, um, was dealing with the, the uh, problem that the temperature on the day of the, of the send-off uh, had dropped precipitously the night before, and uh, they, they had to decide whether to send that rocket or not the next day. And it's, it, it was an agonizing moment where these men uh, had to sit down and decide. On one side was the company that had produced these rockets, which is extremely knowledgeable of, of uh, the, the the problems that, you know, that, that were there, especially the O-rings, look it up and you'll see what I'm talking about. The O-rings that isolated each section of uh, the, these uh, thrust, these booster rockets. And uh, they knew that there were certain problems and certain challenges with it. So there was a, a lot of uh, 
reflection on the part of the company itself and the experts, the engineers, and also the NASA administrators and te technological gurus that were responsible for the actual conduct of that moment. And, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating to see how these men, um, they uh, explore the different complexities. Should we send that rocket off tomorrow or not, given the challenge that we have had with the O-rings and so on and so forth. Um, and finally, after a lot of uh, uh, reflection, they decide to go ahead and send the, the rocket off and to send the Challenger off into space. And of course, what happened was that they made the wrong decision. And uh, as soon as that rocket went off, less than one minute later, it exploded and, and caused uh, one of the biggest tragedies in 20th century uh, American history. And, uh, you know, it, it struck me how, you know, no matter how much uh, knowledge we might have, no matter how much uh, knowledge of ministry and how much theological study we might have and, and uh, how much experience, there is one moment in our ministries where we will be confronted with the need for supernatural discernment. And we will have to ask the Lord to uh, just provide us with, uh, you know, just a download of his uh, specific will and illumination in order to navigate a particular uh, challenge of ministry. And I think that the, 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 the element that was missing in these highly, highly developed men who were in charge of this whole send-off of that rocket was that, that component, that supernatural component of uh, discernment and uh, moral courage to say, you know, it doesn't matter if we fall behind uh, in the schedule. It doesn't matter if... Um, you know, uh, in the case of the company that was producing these rockets, if we lose the uh, contract um, if with NASA, we will do what we know is right. And by the way, they, they were pretty convinced that they should not send the rocket off. But they got, got so much pressure from a couple of key people at NASA, they, they gave up that insight and decided to send, you know, the rocket off the next day. And, you know, many times in ministry, we, we find ourselves in such situations. I, I know, for example, for 20 years, I was involved in huge amounts of uh, construction uh, in our church. We, we had to do three buildings, uh, two of them major renovations and one a complete uh, building in the middle of one of the most complex cities, the city of Boston, for doing construction with lots of challenges with uh, neighborhood groups and so on and so forth. And, you know, throughout those 20 years of building, that's my alarm saying that I need to stop. In, in, in those uh, 20 years of building, um, I absolutely desperately depended on that anointing of knowledge and wisdom in order to do millions and millions of dollars of construction with uh, one fraction of the cost. Because I have a congregation that is not you know, made up of wealthy people and so on and so forth. And so we needed uh, to construct these buildings and to renovate them completely with a fraction of what uh, normally these buildings would require. And I, and I know, and I give God the glory and the honor and the credit, that it was he who provided me and the people around me with the knowledge to be able to do these buildings and to be able to have a, a significant uh, uh, piece of property in a very strategic place of the city of Boston. Um, and so I could go on and on, but uh, you know, this area of uh, asking the Holy Spirit, seeking the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I don't know if I said number four, to pursue with the same zeal and focus, this uh, uh, wisdom aspect of the Holy Spirit that we pursue other gifts of uh, the Holy Spirit. We have to pursue it, we have to cultivate it, 
in the spirit of 2 Timothy 1, 6, where Paul says to Timothy, I, I, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. In other words, you know, um, th that, I think that gift of, uh, of wisdom and knowledge and practical understanding is resident in all of us as uh, people who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But the fact that we don't dedicate enough attention at times, I believe, and that we are kind of enamored of the, you know, the power, uh, dynamic, spectacular manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we don't dedicate enough time to reflecting on this area, praying for it, valuing it, putting it into practice tentatively, cultivating it as we would cultivate any other area of uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is why I think that gifting is not as prevalent, as manifest, as observable in the life of the 21st century church as it should be, specifically the Pentecostal church, which I think is very powerful in the areas of, you know, dynamic manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit, but I think extremely deficient in the area of maturity, of knowledge, of wisdom, of uh, guidance from God to, to uh, manage the very complex aspects of ministry that we are living in. So we need to cultivate it also in the spirit of fanning into flame, dedicating time to it, looking at our ministries from that perspective so that it will become something that will manifest and will come forth and flower and flourish in our ministries. I'm gonna leave it here because I know there may be a couple of questions that people may have. So um, I'll, I'll give it back to you, Grant. And thank you so much for listening. Amen, Pastor Roberto, beautiful, beautiful teaching. And uh, if I may say, the, just the, the, all the, the times that I've been around you, you just exude this gift in, uh, in your approach pretty much to everything that you do. And it just comes out um, the moment you speak. And I'm wondering whether you could share with us a couple of your own experiences. I mean, you talked about the building, but, but maybe something else uh, that could help bring this further home to us. And uh, uh, by, uh, if, if any of you have some questions for Roberto, please put them in the chat. Um, and and uh, go ahead, you yeah. want to say something? Yes, you know, listening to you and, and hearing Grant, um, I, we were also very blessed to watch you, not just from the pulpit, but in your community. And when we were having lunch together, I was able to just sit and watch how people would just walk by. And, and maybe these are people that don't even go to, to your congregation, but they know the man of character that you are. And so it was a real blessing and honor to watch you just relate to people and love on people. They see it. Thank you so much. And you know, I, I, I needless to say, we have to give God all the glory. And it's precisely because of his provision in my life that I can do a few things, you know, and, and despite myself. So I give him all the glory and that's not false humility, but a real, real um, understanding that it's just by him. But you know, yeah, there, there are many, uh, I, I uh, Grant, I depended on this uh, uh, manifestation of the Holy Spirit for every area, of my, every decision that I've made, you know, having, for example, well, when I came to Boston, I came to do my PhD at Harvard in Romance Languages and Literatures, and my whole thing was, you know, I, I want to be a scholar, I want to write, I want to teach, I want to, you know, dedicate myself to the academic life, and at one point, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly that, you know, he wanted me 
in pastoral ministry and that he wanted me to use that time for certain exercises and certain areas of work that he wanted to do in my own life. And, and I had to make a decision, you know, whether to pursue my own dreams um, and, or, or to simply obey the Lord at this moment, at this juncture in, in my life and to, you know, pursue uh, uh, pastoral ministry. And I opted for believing that this was God who was leading me and going ahead and, um, you know, putting aside my, my uh, dreams of, you know, academic uh, success and so on. Thankfully, you know, the, the Lord gave me discernment to understand that he didn't want me to just leave uh, my studies aside and to leave uh, incomplete my doctoral program. And so uh, I told the congregation when they offered me the, mini, the, the, uh, the pastoral ministry, and that's a long story there, um, that, uh, you know, uh, I, I want the option of pursuing my doctoral studies. And for the glory of God, you know, that was back in the 80s, 80, I graduated in 89 for, with my doctorate in Harvard. Um, you know, I had to then say, you know, it, it's, it's not either or. I can probably do both. And so I ended up, you know, dedicating time, even within uh, learning about pastoral ministry, to continuing my studies. And thankfully, by the sheer grace of God, you know, I was able to finish uh, my uh, doctoral studies. And even there, you know, in my academic life, uh, I, when I went to Princeton or Harvard or Andover, you know, and I say this just to simply say that, uh, you know, in my own life, all of these things have been very important. This area of, uh, of gifting, intellectual uh, wisdom gifting. You know, in, in all of those times, all, all through my life, I have, uh, from very on, for early on in my, my life, I have known that this is an area that God loves to intervene in the life of his people, in wisdom, knowledge, understanding, practical decisions. And, um, you know, and Daniel has been a great uh, hero of mine, because Daniel exemplifies that, you know, in, in Daniel 1, I think it is, it says that, you know, God gave these four young men all of these gifts about literature and about uh, knowledge. And Daniel was a huge, uh, of course, a bureaucrat of, of the, um, he was a manager of, uh, you know, the Babylonian Empire. And uh, Joseph also, in that case, you know, who was also given wisdom to manage this whole crisis in the economy of Egypt. And so uh, in my life, you know, I have depended on that spirit of wisdom to help me navigate all of my academic uh, career. And uh, right now, and I could go on and on because there are many of these uh, moments. Right now, I think one of the greatest challenges to the church is this area of uh, the George Floyd situation and uh, social justice and how to manage that and how to speak to congregations that are often very sophisticated and very sensitive to this area of, of life. And, you know, uh, pastors are being pulled from every side to, to adopt uh, positions and to become either really radical and to um, go out and protest or to take a more nuanced understanding of social justice. And, you know, this whole thing of uh, social justice and what is the biblical understanding of social justice? And uh, where, are we, where are we called to navigate in, you know, that fine line between radicalism on the one hand, and also a, a long-term millennial understanding of uh, justice that the Bible adopts, and uh, about injustice as well, so that we can take a more sober, uh, long-term understanding and nuanced approach to social justice. You know, that requires huge amounts of uh, revelation, wisdom, knowledge, practical knowledge in being a pastor. How do, when I preach, how to navigate, you know, how do, how do know that I'm preaching to a very uh, diverse congregation there and how to, you know, not go overboard in one way or the other. And uh, so I, I, I've had to ask the Lord over and over again in a very specific way, Lord, give me understanding so that every 
Sunday morning when I step up to the pulpit, for example, I will have sermons that nourish my congregation in these areas, or the area of sexuality, again, or, or the, these are very complex areas. And uh, so, you know, I could go on and on, uh, Grant, I don't want to belabor the point, but um, I think it's really, in my, in my life, I have, I can tell you of dozens and dozens of times, navigating conflict in my congregation, uh, facilitating a, a division in my congregation 30 years ago, I learned how to do that, you know, how to... Roberto, please do. We, we've got some time here. Give us, oh. give, give us uh, two things. Give us some examples of those. Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, walk us through the process of applying and moving in that wisdom um, in how you actually walk through that with the Lord or how he walks you through it. And well, you know, let me take that last point of your question, uh, Grant, if I don't get, you know, to the other things, because I think it's an important one. You know, how, how do we develop any gift, including the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy um, or, you know, the gift of tongues? You know, as Pentecostals, we know that you develop a gift by exercising it. You don't develop a gift in abstract. Uh, you don't develop a gift just simply by reflecting on it, you know, and praying on it. You have to make tentative journeys in that gift. And those journeys, maybe sometimes, you know, uh, you, you may end up um, making a mistake, but you learn, you develop the gift. That's the whole thing of fanning into flame, the gift. And so I, you know, for me, uh, it, it's been a journey of my whole lifetime, really. And, and as I have become aware of this area of ministry in my life, as I said, and as I said earlier, I meant what I said, um, you know, and, and I've had to, the, the more I've, uh, de I've developed that gift, and of course, again, let me emphasize that it's not without huge errors in my life. I've made them. I, I paid the price. I, 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 there have been moments of reaching dead ends and having to back up. It's not been linear either. And so, you know, I, I want to stress that as well. But, you know, as, I, I, as I've learned to, to use that gift, that God has, uh, I believe, given me, it has become stronger and stronger, and it has helped me to uh, make decisions that are very specific. So you need to identify the gift. You need to ask the Lord for it, and then you need to receive it and say, I have it. I own it, because this is the way you develop the, just the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. You know, it, it's often not the, the little, the specific manifestations of it. It's believing, receiving, confessing, and then moving as if you have it. And then when you move us, if you have it with confidence and you undertake uh, ever greater, more ambitious undertakings in that gift, that gift then is developed and God gives you more as you exercise it. And so I think that that whole uh, trajectory of, um, you know, believing, confessing, receiving, uh, moving in it, making mistakes, experimenting with it, I think is so important. But I think the idea of internalizing that gift and becoming consciously aware of it, focusing on it, I think is key to that whole area. But now, you know, there are many different, uh, again, you know, other examples. Years ago, many years ago, decades ago, uh, when I was a young pastor uh, in Cambridge, um, I, I, uh, when the Lord started speaking to us about um, the move of the Holy Spirit in our church, our church is a very um, traditional Baptist congregation. And, and the Lord started speaking to me. And again, each of these things has a lot of material in that we could talk about. But, uh, you know, the Lord started calling me to take the congregation in a journey of exploring uh, the, the baptism and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and how to enter my congregation into becoming a, 
a, a congregation that would be full of the Spirit. Well, you know, one of the first things that happened was that it created a lot of conflict in the church. The founding members of the congregation were very traditional Baptists. I think they were Baptists before being Christian. <laughs> this, this is the way they were. They were, you know, these Cuban Baptists who are very, very, uh, you know, uh, very traditional in their understanding. So uh, that group that was the founding group of the church, uh, when the Lord started moving and started bringing in a new way of doing worship, uh, times of prayer and intercession, bringing new leaders on board, and, you know, the, the, the specific manifestations of the Pentecostal understanding of ministry, it, created, it started creating all kinds of conflict. The, the, the founding members became threatened by what was happening. These new members were like new wine, pressing on an old wineskin and pushing it to the, you know, to the sides to burst. It created a huge amounts of conflict within the church. And I, I discerned that this was happening. And I saw, I was able to see that we were heading toward a violent division, a bitter division at some point. And, uh, you know, uh, the Lord gave me uh, an understanding and, and I, I remembered our founding pastor, uh, who, who, was, who pastored for about a, a year and a half um, before I became the, the, the pastor of the church, uh, having been a member of it. And I, I, I knew that a lot of the members, the original members, were longing for him, the good old days when he was a pastor. He was a good man, by the way. And so long story short is that the Lord led me because I knew at that point that he was in a moment in his ministry where he could come back to Boston. And, uh, and uh, you know, I contacted him and I said, uh, Juan, um, you know, I know that many of our people, are, they, they love you, they, they appreciate your ministry. And I want to invite you to come back to Boston, uh, Cambridge, and let's begin, let's begin a church here in Boston. And, uh, and I want to, we will ask any, everybody in, in the church who wants to go with you to go and let's, let's found a new congregation in Boston. Long story why I did that is because also these people were very sophisticated Christians. They, they, were, they knew the word. They were people of great uh, stature in, the, in, the, in, in uh, the Christian life. And I knew that there was no ministry in Boston, no Hispanic ministry that could really minister to them effectively. And I didn't want them to just sort of be thrown out into, into the open. And uh, so, you know, it was profoundly threatening to me as a young pastor, totally inexperienced, with this pastor who was highly trained in evangelism, he was an effective minister. He, he, his wife was a, a, had a doctorate from Boston University. And to sort of put my congregation, the future of my congregation, in the hands and to say, you know, people, if you want to go with him, please do so. Let's, let's, there's enough room in Boston for two churches, two Latino congregations. And, uh, you know, he couldn't believe my offer. And by the way, I found out later on that the people in the congregation who were not happy with the way the church was going had been talking to him behind the scenes. <laughs> um, and long story there. And, you know, when he, when he heard me say, why don't you come to Boston and let's just open this up. Let's issue a call to everybody in the church who wants to go with you. And uh, let's plant a church. Let's use this as an opportunity to plant another church. Long story, you know, he, he accepted. Uh, we were able to send off about 25% of our congregation uh, to start another church. The Lord provided a space uh, with him as the pastor. And you know, I'll tell you that the 25% that left was the cream of the cream of the church. These were the tithers, these were the uh, teachers, these were the, the musicians. All of a sudden our church was left without any worship resources. Our tithing, you know, went down hugely. Of course, the number of people that left, the significant presences that they were, all of a sudden were gone. 
But I will tell you, this is it was a long story there. It was very traumatic for me and my wife. <clears throat> but in a year's time, in a year's time, the Lord had provided, the budget was back to where it was before. Um, uh, you know, people started coming. The Holy Spirit started manifesting himself. God gave me the revelation to move to Boston uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and, and uh, you know, to go from this very uh, incredible, elegant place where we were, long story there again, in Cambridgeport, right next to Boston University, Harvard University. Um, you know, uh, the, it, it was just a, an amazing location that the Lord had given us a building there to go into the most crime infested area in Boston. And I know that these very responsible, serious believers would never have gone, the, the ones who were uh, in conflict with the move of the Holy Spirit, they would have never um, supported our move to go into this crazy, dangerous part of the city. God needed to purify, to separate, and to leave a remnant in our church who would be willing to take that risk and jump into that. And I know that the Lord wouldn't have given me that revelation if, if uh, the essences had not been separated first. And these two areas of the life of the congregation had been separated, purified, and then the Holy Spirit started moving powerfully. One last thing, you know, we, we were left without music, and that was one of the things that really, after being a congregation that had extraordinarily good music and a, and a, a very effective musical group, but which was not of the vision that the Lord wanted for us, the Lord started bringing in musicians sovereignly, unexpectedly, unsolicited. And since then, you know, our church has had, for the glory of God, you know, we have had, uh, most of our musicians have been from Berkeley College of Music. Um, they are amazingly uh, gifted. And the Lord has given us, I think, a pretty good uh, worship ministry, you know. And, and music has never been lacking in the life of our church. And I believe that it was directly related to that sacrifice that I was willing to make just to honor the Lord. So I could go on and on. But this is one example of how the Lord honors, you know, when we listen to him. And we allow ourselves to be guided by his uh, wisdom. Wow, what a great story. It's almost like Abraham and Lot. You know, Pastor Roberto, it's interesting as we're listening to you. Perhaps this may be one of the, the main gifts uh, in the that the charismatic body needs so much more to be a stronger light to the non-charismatic body to help bring greater unity and love between uh, the two groups in the church. You know, moving in this kind of wisdom uh, in the Holy Spirit, would you uh, virtually please lay your hands on all of us mm. and uh, pray for us um, and release uh, a strengthening, uh, release this gift into us for those of us who are already moving in it, an increase, a fanning of the flame. And then after you pray, we'll, we'll open it up for some general prayer into, into this uh, subject. And so, Father, we, we enter into the spirit of that uh, request that uh, Grant has made right now for prayer. Uh, his own words uh, constitute part of this prayer, Father. My own uh, teaching portion uh, also, let it be our uh, intercession and our prayer, our request before you for uh, a spirit, uh, a, an endowment specifically of wisdom, knowledge, administrative, uh, practical understanding, uh, capacity to move in a complex culture and in a complex ministry context, to move effectively, Father, to move with your blessing and your gifting. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, beginning with myself, we open our spirits and our minds 
to an infusion of the gift of wisdom and knowledge, of revelation in the spirit of what you gave Daniel, or what you gave Joseph, or what you gave to the Apostle Paul for his own ministry, Father, in that uh, slim expression of your Holy Spirit, we, we open our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our ministries, our individual lives in whatever capacity we serve in your kingdom. Lord, we open it to you extending your hand of blessing and approval to this teaching and filling us with that spirit of guidance and wisdom and hearing from you. Father, download your specific provision. And I bless my brothers and sisters. I declare in Jesus' name that endowment, Father. I pray that your spirit will come in in that expression, reside in us, and that you will give us then, because even then we need the wisdom to develop it, to fan it into flame. Father, give us uh, small exercises, larger exercises as we go and as we move in this gift. Those who have it, as Grant has said, Father, just increase it. And those who have a limited provision of it, Father, in Jesus' name, enliven that and bring it forth into greater manifestation. And we pray, Lord, for uh, your whole church, that, that, that part of your, of your church that is so sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit, that Pentecostal charismatic segment of uh, your church all over the earth, in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia, in the Middle East, and here in America as well. Father, we identify with uh, the, our dependency <clears throat> on the Holy Spirit and his energy. But we want you, we need you to supply to us as well wisdom and knowledge so that we can birth powerful, long-lasting, transformative, structurally influential ministries in the cultures that we are asked to move in. That we can also learn more about uh, your word and to be able to discern ever deeper dimensions of your word, the subtle dimensions, Father, that we might not simply dwell on the, on the spectacular but also that we might be able to hear that soft whisper of your spirit that Elijah heard while he was in the cave in the desert. Father, make us sensitive to those uh, delicate expressions of your power in the area of gifting, uh, of, of um, wisdom, knowledge, practical understanding. We receive it in Jesus' name, Father. And I pray that this, uh, these words will expand to even to not just those who are near to this zoom call but also those who may not be as well we pray for that spirit of wisdom to descend upon your church all over the earth in these complex demanding times that we live in in jesus name we pray yes amen amen yes we i i, I speak on behalf of all of us we receive we receive yes. may we live such godly lives amen especially on the charismatic side, such balanced lives between wisdom and spirit and truth that we would like to the non-charismatic body to help them more embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we just want to open it up to, uh, could we have three or four of us, um, if you can, try and keep it to like one minute prayers, uh, pray into this. Uh, before we get to the top of the hour. 
Lord, we want to thank you for this gift you have given us, dear Lord, the gift of discernment of spirits. Lord, I want to remind you of the church in Africa, dear Lord. Lord, you manufactured spiritual warfare in Africa, in Egypt, where Moses um, had an experience with the journeys and the jambres, dear Lord, and you let the 10 plagues come in this continent of Africa. Lord, I want to pray that you give us discernment, dear Lord, as a church, as a body, dear Lord. Help us to discern what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is wrong, and what is of you. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, dear Lord, as a church in Africa, dear Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I continue on. I'm um, Scott in Atlanta, praying uh, in agreement with my brothers and sisters spread out all over, connected by your Holy Spirit and Internet. So, Father, we just cry out to you. Thank you that we've been able to get good teaching and preaching today. Father, would you unite us in this one idea that um, we are in the middle of a pandemic and you brought us together for a reason. And Father, we just cry out, uh, revive us, your church, yeah. and revive your church, especially in this nation, so that when we go and stand um, on the green in D.C. this Saturday, Father, then yeah. you'll break us, and you'll hear our prayers, and that you yeah. would heal us, yeah. your people, first, and then heal yeah. our nation. In your mighty name, amen. 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 God, and I want to pray on behalf of the sort of non-charismatic side of your body uh, here in Hawaii, God, that you would um, lead us to a more um, filled place with your spirit, God, that we'd be willing to enter hard places uh, led by your spirit, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Mm. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Have your way. Mm. 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 I, wisdom dwell with prudence. I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. Mm -hmm. Father, I want to come before you and I want to repent to your heart for we have lacked loving you with our minds. Mm -hmm. I want to repent to my brothers and sisters where we have been fed something um, that is not complete. It hasn't been a complete meal. Mm. So I come before you and I want to say, Proverbs 1, 23, I wisdom will pour out my spirit upon you and I will make my words known to you. Father, I ask that your words would be made known to us and your wisdom would be revealed to us as Daniel 1 was mentioned. Lord, would you increase our intelligence for this hour? Amen. Amen. Amen, Father. 
We thank you, Lord. And we just repent of grieving you, Holy Spirit. We repent and ask forgiveness for grieving the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. We we thank you. We repent during this ten days transition. You transform us from earthly wisdom to the wisdom above. Thank you, Father. You restore what enemies stole, and also you show your glory, show your promise, the inheritance you give us for for you know for the nations and different dimensions. Father, I ask for you to restore all your kingdom among us. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Pray for balance in spirit and truth. Father, the mm -hmm. truth and the spirit presided over the ark, and you opened the gates for the new covenant for us to be, our hearts to be circumcised with mm -hmm. truth in our minds and our hearts. And Lord, the, the truth is that leans to the spirit and the non-charismatic body leans to the mind. And Lord, you're found in a balance of both. And we need a balance of both. We fully embrace this to help us, oh God, to find that balance and to pursue that balance, Lord, that we can move Thank in, you, Father. in your counsel with greater strength father i just come before you and i just ask if you would grant us a sound mind father god if you would grant us and have mercy on us father god to give us a sound mind father to know when we're grieving the spirit father god to know when we're walking in lying vanities father god to know when we're taking the name of the lord god in vain Father God, to know when we've profaned your holy name, Father God, Lord, I just pray for an impartation and a discernment and a sensitivity to that. Father God, would you have mercy upon the body of Christ and grant us and open up the scriptures in our hearts and our minds to understand the fullness and the measure of the severity of blaspheming the Holy Ghost, Father God, that you would give us the wisdom to know how to pray um, against that, Lord, to um, fight for others about that, Father God, in our spirits and our prayer closets. Lord, we just pray in your glorious name that you would hear our cries to want to know the yes, truth, to Father. want to walk in those scriptures and truth, to want to be obedient to your Holy Spirit, to want to bring forth your righteousness into the um from the heavens into the earth, Father God, to walk and to want to walk in unity with the Spirit so we can be yes, one to Christ Father Jesus. God. And so, Father, please give us a sound mind and a sound heart according to your gracious promise that we have through your son christ jesus thank you lord and father as paul prayed in ephesians 1 17 i keep asking that the god of our father the lord jesus the messiah the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better and i pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So Father, I just thank you for this is your heart's desire that we would grow in that spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father. I thank you for this word that was shared uh, today, yeah, Father. You, may you watch over your word to perform it in, the, in our lives and the lives of our congregations. In yes. Yeshua's mighty name, 